0: of the Hornets Podcast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here on the HHC. It is another victorious edition, and what a victory it was! Hornets over the Miami Heat, one twenty nine to one twenty one in overtime. So much to discuss about this game. Plus, we're going to start talking about the All Star vote. Have you started voting for your favorite Hornet to the All Star game? You probably should have if you want some tips on how to do it and how to make your vote really count. We've got a special guest with us today. She is the manager of social media for the Charlotte Hornets and making her triumphant return to the Hornet cast. Diana Biffle. Diana, thanks for taking some time with us.
1: Thanks for having me. What an intro.
0: It has been quite the run here for Charlotte. That is now three consecutive wins, and this one, the first of the year in overtime. In case anyone missed it, the Hornets had been undefeated on the season coming into this one when leading after three quarters. And immediately after announcing that statistic on air, they immediately gave up a 10-0 run to Miami and fell behind. Things did not look great with about two minutes left, but they rallied back, gave themselves a chance, and with about 20 seconds left, Down three, they had the ball, they called a timeout, and they drew up a play that yielded this result. Ball and Hayward with the all-star inbounding. Hayward gives to Zeller, hands it off to Monk, catch and shoot three. On the way, it is good! Malik Monk ties it at 113, a career-high 34 for Malik Monk. And Monk would end up with a career-high 36, but none bigger than that game-winner right there. After the game, James Borrego had this to say about how the final play of regulation came to pass. Well, we needed a big stop there, so we went with the defensive group to get a stop. I knew we had a timeout, but on the stop, I thought I'd let them play. And I didn't want their defense to be set, so I gave it a little bit of run, probed a little bit. I thought maybe we could get a quick one and an easy one in transition. Obviously,
1: we didn't find anything. I think I ran across half court. I'm not sure. I don't know where I was, but
0: we called timeout. I didn't like it. That's when we drew up the shot for Malik. So give Malik a ton of credit. They executed. Those are the things that we've worked on. These end-of-game situations just don't happen. You know, we're a very good end-of-game clutch team. We work on these things. These guys know what we're trying to do, what we're trying to execute. I trust them to make plays. If not, I adjust. We called timeout. We drew it up and give our guys credit. They executed it. Diana, I thought what he had to say is very telling, that winning doesn't just happen. How you execute in these clutch situations, it is a total overall focus, not just in that moment, but throughout the days and weeks leading up to a game and a season. And it's proven to be the right way to go about it, because the Hornets have been one of the better clutch teams overall on the season, and in this game in particular, I thought they handled it perfectly going down the stretch to get the tie.
1: I think that's something that we're just seeing time and time again is that the hard work is really paying off. And I know that's what Malik talked about after the game as well. You know, he wasn't in the rotation for a while, but he just kept working and he was ready, ready for his time, ready for when they, we needed him for a clutch moment. So I think that hard work and these young, eager players who are very coachable and, Willing to work before practice, after practice, get their shots up whenever they possibly can, run these plays. That's what's really paying off. And it's incredible because, you know, something we haven't mentioned yet is that we had Terry out and PJ out for a portion of the game and still were able to come away with an overtime win versus the Heat. So it just shows how hard every single individual is working on that team.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, Terry Rozier missed the game with a sprained right ankle. P.J. Washington went out with a sprain late in the game. Well, not that late. He went out in the in the second half, uh, third quarter, but uh, still significant time missed from two very key players, and the Hornets found a way to get it done. Malik Monk, 36 points, a career high, and a franchise record for points off the bench in a game. Also set a personal best with nine made threes. And I thought this is another thing that, You know, JB did very well. It wasn't a, okay, we're in the end-of-game situation, so the ball's got to go through Gordon Hayward or LaMelo Ball's got to make the decision or Devontae Graham, one of the best three-point shooters in the last two years, has to take the shot. You know, I think if you were ranking guys at the start of the game, who is most likely to take a game winner? Malik Monk maybe doesn't make the top five, but the way the game went on, he absolutely had every right to be taking that last shot and i love that the coach has the ability to identify in the moment who's the right person to either use as a decoy or use to take this shot and that malik monk was ready for that moment when it came
1: this really was deja vu for me malik had this crazy buzzer beater versus the pistons last season and we hadn't seen too much from him really since then so to have him come back really full force tonight and then to be able to stay poised and get that clutch shot along with a lot of other really awesome shots tonight it's really phenomenal and I'm really excited to see what's to come of this and in the future and how we'll keep using him throughout the rotation
0: yeah I think he's earned a rotation spot another guy who uh, is going to have to you know, continue to get a lot of minutes. There's a lot of guards that need time out there on the floor, so uh, there's going to be some slicing and dicing of the minutes to make it all work, but Devontae Graham continues to stay red hot. He played 41 big minutes in last night's win, 24 points, none bigger than these in overtime.
1: We tweeted this, that, you know, Devontae, he's always there when you need him. You can count on him, and he had a slower start to the season, and I was sad to see some people – on social media and beyond, not convinced that he was everything that we thought he was last season, and he's shutting those haters down for sure.
0: Well, let's hear Devontae's big shot there in overtime that really helped capture the victory for the Hornets. Devontae Graham dancing on the perimeter. Follow a three on the way. Got it! Three ball, Devontae Graham! He's got 22! Six of 11 from deep. The Hornets are pouring it on. Devontae Graham, another fantastic game. He's averaging four threes per contest over the last nine games. So it's not just the win streak. He's been doing this for, I don't know, three weeks now. Really is in a good place with his shot, and the Hornets needed him down the stretch. And you know, I'll go back to it again. The the what coach said about clutch situations, not just happening. I like the way that the Hornets handled all of these late game situations. And you compare and contrast it with what we saw from Miami, you know, earlier in the season when it was a tie game and you had the ball in the hands of your best player, Gordon Hayward took it to the rim and found a way to get a good shot. And in this contest last night, Jimmy Butler's a spectacular player. There is no doubt about how good he is. But I would say dribbling the ball down to two seconds and taking a contested three. I know it's kind of become the norm in the NBA for a game winner, but that's not generally speaking the kind of shot you really want to take.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, it's all kudos to J B and how strategically he approaches these end of game situations. He obviously knows what he's doing and the team has obviously completely bought in to his plan and, and executes perfectly.
0: Hornets get the W. One twenty nine, one twenty one improved to ten and eleven on the season. A lot more to talk about this one. The heroics Malik Monk warranted him leading off the podcast, but it was LaMelo Ball's first start. I know you heard it because I have Twitter and I can see what you people are watching. So we're going to go over <laughs> LaMelo Ball's first ever start. We're going to talk about some other major contributors in this one and what it means for the Hornets as they try and get back to 500 but before we do that obviously the buzz is building around this hornets team and we want you all to be a part of the action at spectrum center as soon as fans are allowed back in the building that's why we want to inform you that season ticket packages for the 2021 2022 season are available and you can guarantee your price right now for more information call 704 hornets or visit hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative definitely enjoyable i mean whenever we win. No matter how I play, I'm going to have a good time. Definitely love winning. So, yeah, we got that tonight. So, yeah, I'm walking out of here happy. Short, sweet, to the point, takes in all of the emotions that you should have after a big Hornets victory, 129-121 in overtime last night over the Miami Heat. Sam Farber here on the Hornets Hivecast with Diana Biffle, manager of social media for the Hornets. And Diana, I have to imagine social media was going nuts because one of the top topics from the moment he was drafted to the moment he didn't start his first ever game was when is Lamelo going to start. I mean, from that point on, that was just the constant drumbeat from a wide swath of Hornets fans. And we understand it he's extremely talented we also understand why it made more sense not to start him initially obviously the team's playing pretty darn well at this point so i don't think you can say that you know the results are anything but positive but lamelo gets his first start terry rozier unable to go with the sprained right ankle and lamelo stepped in and even with some foul trouble able to lead the team to an overtime win what did you think of lamelo in a starting role
1: Well, like you said, this is a highly anticipated moment. It has been filling our mentions on Twitter and our comments on every platform, fans wondering when we're going to start LaMelo. And he's been playing incredibly off the bench. It's been great to see. And this situation when you know Terry unfortunately got injured it did open up an opportunity for LaMelo to start which is great experience for for him as a rookie so I was excited to see him take that on like you said we saw him get into some foul trouble but I was encouraged to see JB continue to show his trust in him he left him in the game for the most part still really contributed across the board as always so I was happy to see him start for that first time. It was really, it was exciting. Our fans were pumped about it.
0: I'm sure they were. Now I'm going to be honest about the performance. It was not a perfect run through and there were some reasons, but he didn't shoot the ball tremendously well. Three of 11 from the field. He did have three turnovers in the game, but I think a lot of the inconsistency for him on the court came with him not being able to really get into a flow until late in the fourth quarter into overtime when it was kind of You know, if you pick up a foul from here on out, you're sitting down because you have five. But before that, you know, he was not playing normal minutes. He'd get out there, he'd pick up a foul, and he'd have to sit down because now he's in foul trouble again. So that inconsistency of run, I think, might have affected him more on the stat line than people might think. But still, a very strong game. He had 14 points, five rebounds, another perfect day at the free throw line. He's now made 15 in a row. And he had seven assists, the best part of his game, and he had great assists all throughout the night, including this dime to Cody Zeller. Mello, now against Duncan Robinson. Behind the back, crossover, spin move, leaves it for Zeller. What a dime. LaMelo, assist of the night. Zeller, now with a season-best 19, LaMelo, seven assists, and the Hornets lead by two. I mean, LaMelo just sees the game at a different level and his ability to react in midair as to whether or not a shot blocker is coming to contest him or not and make that snap decision on, I can finish this because I don't have the shot blocker on me or I can get rid of this and let Cody Zeller have an uncontested dunk. It is next level stuff. It is very rare to see a player who can do this at any stage of their career, let alone as a rookie, Diana.
1: I'm not sure I'll ever get used to seeing how naturally and how quickly he makes these decisions. It's so much fun to watch, and it's great to know that he can play such unselfish basketball when he realizes, hey, my shots aren't falling, hey, I've got a defender right on me, I can pass this out, knows exactly how to do it. Our team, I think, is really building chemistry with him as the season moves on i think miles has kind of always they, they've had a chemistry since right off the bat but it feels like everyone else is is ready to catch that ball when when it's passed them out of nowhere now too so that's awesome to see
0: yeah he and cody zeller in particular i think that connection has gotten stronger and stronger as they've played more and more together and Lamelo, he is something special zeller also by the way a double double 19 points 12 rebounds and one of his strongest offensive performance in fact the strongest offensive performance for him all season long with 19 points in this one hornets get the w 129 to 121 and as an old by the way gordon hayward is also really strong at the 19 points six boards three assists that might seem like an average stat line but just as a throw in here he was second best on the plus minus behind only malik monk who had 36 points he was a plus 18 so gordon hayward Clearly able to impact the game. We even said on the post-game show that it felt like the Heat were willing to, uh, kind of in a uh, chess sacrifice type of mode, say, "All right, your Gordon Hayward is not going to score, and Jimmy Butler is not going to have his normal night. We're just going to have those two kind of stand off to the side." And I think the Hornets are willing to take that most night, given how well they share the ball. But that's a conversation we'll have at another point. Want to talk more with Diana about? Some other stuff we're seeing on social media here and NBA media in general. There have been some power rankings out lately. Obviously, the Hornets, with this win, now climb into a tie for 7th in the Eastern Conference. And that's where the NBA power rankings currently have the team. 7th in the East, 17th overall. And one thing to factor in is one of the teams ahead of them, Atlanta, the Hornets have beaten twice. And based off the statistics, their opponents win totals. Atlanta has one of the three easiest schedules So far this year in the NBA. So there's a chance the Hawks, who are 10 and 10 right now, might come back down to earth a little bit. The Hornets, even though they're going to have a tougher stretch of the schedule coming up with a lot of games against Western Conference opponents, if they can continue winning at fairly, you know, pretty much the clip they've been on, there's still some room to climb here for this very young Hornets team.
1: It's really exciting to see and you know, it's with our changes that we made in the off season, I think in such a short training camp and preseason, it was a little unclear, you know, what we were going to see going into the season, kind of knowing that really the beginning of the season would feel more like an extended training camp, truly, as the players built chemistry with one another and got used to this new playing style now that we have Gordon and LaMelo. So I feel like they're really finding that identity. They're getting more and more confident on the court, and it's really anything's possible at this point.
0: The question I'm sure a lot of the Twitter fans who were clamoring for LaMelo to start is, is he going to continue to start? I'm not going to put you on the spot and have you answer that, but I do want to talk about... How, cause i mean we have no say in this at all we are just we're just, right. just cut we cover the team and we enjoy bringing all the action to the fans in the formats that we specialize in but i do think that it's an interesting wrinkle for the team right now in the way that this has happened it presents a lot of attractive options for moving forward i think one weakness of the way that the lineup was situated before with lamelo coming off the bench there has not been a consistent we can count on you for 15 points any given night like Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford coming off the bench. There have been guys that could certainly give those kinds of performances, but not necessarily are like, yes, we're going to get 15 a night automatically from Miles Bridges. It's been more like we're going to get consistent effort from him every night, but we could get 20 points. We could get four points. The defense, the effort's going to be there. Same for Lamelo. He could get 20 points. He could get four points. But the passing and playmaking is going to be there. Caleb Martin, he could get 15 points, he could have no points, but we're going to see defense each and every night. And now with the way this has gone down, if there's a move and LaMelo Ball goes in the starting lineup, well, now either Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier becomes that consistent force off the bench. And if nothing changes, and it's just Malik Monk comes onto the rotation a lot more, we know what kind of scorer Malik Monk is. He can be that Jamal Crawford, that Lou Williams type of player.
1: You know, with Malik back in the rotation, we have such depth at guard that there are a lot of different creative options that Coach and his staff can try out, see what's working, what's not. I think, you know, of course, we don't want Terry to be injured, but this kind of forced us into taking another look at what our rotations could be. And I think we'll probably see a little more experimentation moving forward just to see what it looks like with these different guys off the bench.
0: It's the kind of problems you want to have as a head coach. You have too many guys that are deserving of time out there on the floor and finding ways to get them into your different lineups and rotations. Well, the Hornets 10-11 and now after a 129-121 win over the Miami Heat. Their next game is going to be on Wednesday tomorrow against the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll be setting that one up on tomorrow's podcast. Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer will be our guest. And then when the game time has arrived, we want you to be sure to tune in and watch the Hornets live on Fox Sports Southeast and the Fox Sports Go app, or you can listen on WFNZ and the Hornets mobile app. I play the Bridges. Over to Hayward on the touch pass. Three on the way, and he splashes it through. Gordon Hayward making it rain from way downtown. Second three of the contest. Hayward shooting 42% from deep on the season. He has been magnificent. Hornets up by six. 42% and climbing because he was two of four from deep in this last game. Gordon Hayward playing at an all-star level. We're here on the Hornets Hivecast with Diana Biffle, manager of social media. And playing at an all-star level is something we have said throughout the season, Diana. But it becomes even more important now because all-star voting is open. Hornets have an opportunity to send Gordon Hayward to the all-star game. I certainly feel he is deserving. If you're just looking at the top 10 to 12 players in the Eastern Conference, he's there in scoring. And in terms of impact on a team, there is no doubt. The impact he has had has been profound on the Hornets. Plus, this is a team right now in the playoff position, and those tend to get a little extra boost when it comes to playoff voting as well. But we all have to have the fans do their part to make our hopes for Gordon Hayward and the Hornets a reality. Diana, take us through the all-star voting here for 2021 and ways that fans can maximize their voting potential.
1: As you said, we are so excited about our entire core group of players special emphasis on gordon hayward who as you said has been playing at an all-star level consistently throughout the season and there are several ways you can vote it's actually super easy so you can vote three different ways you can vote on nba.com we actually have links in our instagram bio in our twitter bio if you click vote for NBA All-Star, it'll take you right to an NBA.com page that'll pre-populate with Hornets players already in there. So all you have to do is press vote. So it's super simple that way. You can also vote on the NBA app, and you can vote on Twitter. On Twitter, all you have to do is tweet the handle of the player you want to vote for, or a hashtag with their first and last name. So, for example, hashtag Gordon Hayward, along with hashtag NBA All-Star. And that counts as a vote. You can vote for up to 10 players a day. And retweets also count as votes. So when the Hornets account posts at Gordon Hayward, at hashtag NBA All-Star, if you just retweet us, you'll not only be adding to our engagement numbers, which we always appreciate, but you'll be voting for All-Star, which is far more important than that. So a lot of really... Easy, simple ways to vote. And then to make it count even more, there are two-for-one days. So we've already had one two-for-one day where your one vote counts twice. But there are more coming up. There's another one on the second, which is today, also on February 4th, 13th, and 16th, which is the last day of voting. So make sure if you're ever going to vote, make sure you're voting on those days because it'll vote twice. And your vote really, it counts a lot because it'll account for 50% of the vote is fan voting, and then current players and media panel will account for 25% each. So make sure you're voting. It counts. We want to give it our all for our Hornets.
0: In your opinion, as a social media expert, I have crunched the numbers, and in terms of just Twitter following, I haven't had enough time to do the Instagram, but I'm sure you have already. Mm -hmm. LaMelo Ball has roughly 100,000 more followers than Gordon Hayward does. I would imagine on Instagram there is also perhaps a slight advantage to Melo. How do you think that will factor into all-star voting? Could we see a situation here where Melo's fan base just goes ahead and tries to game the system?
1: I would not be shocked if that happens. Like I said, The fan vote is only 50%, so for him to actually make the all-star team, we would have to also get a lot of the players and the media to be voting, but with the number of followers LaMelo has, he has 6.4 million followers on Instagram. As you said, he has Tons of followers on Twitter. I wanna let's see, yeah. Almost a million on Twitter, seven hundred and eighty-five thousand. And they're not just people who follow him. Lamella fans are diehard fans, which we have seen since he's joined our team and we absolutely love it. But I could see his diehard following really cranking those all star vote numbers up. I'm I'm pretty excited to see with how, how many votes he ends up with.
0: You have the power, people. Go ahead and do it. Retweet off the Hornet social media accounts and just start your voting. For more information, you can, of course, go to Hornets.com or, again, monitor the Hornets social media sites. One other thing, normally when we have you on, it seems to coincide with Real Access debuting, and there is a new episode available now on Hornets.com, but this has been a day after such an exciting game. We haven't had a ton of time, but I don't want the whole episode to go by without touching on Real Access. Tell us some of the highlights from the episode, what fans can expect, and why they should watch this unique behind-the-scenes look at Hornets basketball this season.
1: Like we've mentioned before, a feature that we're super excited about taking you behind the scenes like we've never done before. In this particular episode, episode two is really about the immediate impact that LaMelo and Gordon have had on the team. It's a behind the scenes look at their just kind of getting used to the culture, getting used to the play style and everything they've added to the team, along with the impact of bringing back Biz MacBiombo as a veteran on our team and how he has been able to help Lamelo transition into the league and how important their relationship has become. So it's a whole lot of fun to see these relationship-talented players kind of really growing together.
0: It has been a lot of fun to watch so far. Hornets 10 and 11 right now on the season. They're in a playoff spot, and there is a whole lot to digest as fans, and that's a, that's a big part of Diana's job as the manager of social media to make sure that anything you could possibly want to find is findable, accessible in whatever format you like, whether it's real access, social media sites, or joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. She's always happy to lend a hand and put us all to work. Diana, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us again on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Absolutely. This is a blast, as always.
0: And thanks again to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, tomorrow we'll have Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer to help us preview the matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers, a big barometer for this team. might recall Hornets dropped two in a row in the city of Brotherly Love earlier this year when they were not at such a hot streak. Well, now we'll have to see if the Hornets have turned the tide and also see what the availability is for different Hornets players, including P.J. Washington and Terry Rozier. We will for sure have the latest for you throughout the day leading up to game day and look forward to our discussion with Rick as well. Till then. For our producer, Rob Longo, Diana Biffle, manager of social media with the Hornets, and everyone here with the team, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us for another edition of the Hornets Podcast.